Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast. This is episode 17 and summer garden journal number four. Sorry, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, put out a podcast. I went an extra week um, than I planned. Uh, Sometimes you're just not in the mood to sit down and record, and that's kind of how I felt the last week. Um, And I'm kind of surprised that here we are in the last week of July. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, Summer seems to have gone really fast. Um, Maybe that's just because when you're an adult, things go a lot faster than when you're a kid. So... Um, so yeah, the last, last week of, uh, July here, we still have August to get through. Um, for me, it's going to be hot like always. Um, but, um, thankfully looks like maybe, maybe this week our, our rain chances will turn around. We actually got a good drench for about 30 minutes, uh, mid afternoon today and, um, a little bit more this evening, which was great, because um, we haven't had any <laughs> significant rainfall since the flooding rains of May and April. Uh, so we're very glad to have a little bit of a drink. I know uh, a lot of the trees around here are happy. Um, definitely started to look like fall a little bit. Uh, some trees are trying to drop leaves already and in uh, a saving mode. So I think... Uh, think some rain is much deserved around here and uh, look forward to maybe getting a little bit more this week and just having it moderate around here instead of these crazy wild fluctuations of too much this or too little that. So I'm very happy for that. Um, I guess we're going to start off by we'll go through the vegetable garden first and talk about what's going on out there. Um, I pretty much get everything weeded, you know, as much as you can get on top of weeds for a while. Um, and everything's mulched. I got the, the paths mulched and I even tried out a little bit of a, um, uh, like a, not lasagna gardening. It's the, uh, it's where you put, uh, cardboard down and, um, as a barrier for before you put the mulch. And so I did a little patch of that where we have a bad Bermuda grass problem and so far, it seems to be doing pretty good. Um, we'll just have to kind of see how that fares over the next, uh, you know, season or two. And if it works well, then I'll probably plan on putting cardboard down on the rest of the paths next spring when we when we need to redo mulch again, um, or whenever we need to redo mulch. Maybe maybe not that soon. So, um, and you know, it is July, so there's not a whole heck of a lot going on out there. Um, only thing really still producing are peppers. The peppers are doing pretty good. They wilt in the midday sometimes, um, but perk right back up when we get a little bit of shade out there. And um, the cucumbers are doing pretty good, but the vines are starting to die back. So I've reseeded those so I could get a fall crop. And, um, you know, I was picking enough to can, you know, once once a week, maybe twice a week uh, at their peak, which was... And by canning, I wasn't actually canning mine. I'm just making fridge pickles for the moment. Um, but if I do get a good crop of cucumbers uh, in for the fall, I will probably can those. And I just use a uh, a sour pickle, a dill pickle recipe that was my grandmother's. And, you know, I really like it. I have a... We've done other pickle recipes before. I'm not a sweet pickle person. Um, and we've tried that. I just, I just don't eat them. So I don't make them. You know, make what you want to eat, right? And, um, so I'll do that. 
and I've started pumpkins and melons. Uh, we actually had, my husband had started melons back in the fall, I mean, sorry, in the spring, and they did kind of pitifully there for a while, mostly because, you know, hey, when it's flooding and you've got two feet of water, you don't do that good or great either. So it dried out. They started doing putting on growth, and they actually fruited, um, and that vine was the Bidwell cassava melon, and we've had it, we've tried it several years, and it's really, really pretty tasty. So I'm hoping uh, those fruits stay on. I hope we don't, I have noticed some squash vine borers on some pumpkins, and I've tried to kind of put mulch over those um, vines that I saw that, and kind of hope for the best, maybe some healing, and you know, just cross my fingers. Um, and so with Bidwell cassava, the pumpkins, I think one was a Connecticut field pumpkin and some are pumpkin seeds. It was a warty pumpkin I saved from, you know, a porch pumpkin several years ago. Um, and then the melons was a, a Hale's best, like a Bidwell cassava. Um, I feel like there was another, another tiny melon. And then I tried moon and stars, watermelon, um, as well. And I did do Seminole pumpkins, but they are in the Hugo culture beds. Um, and they haven't really taken off like the others. So I may need to, I'm not sure. I may need to spray them with some, um, some fish emulsion or something, maybe give them a little bit of a boost. They're not doing as well, which I'm kind of bummed about because it's a pumpkin. I was kind of excited to try. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, let's see here. Uh, squash. I researched like the uh, yellow crookneck squash and some zucchini and they're doing okay. I also have a, what's it called? Sweet potato pumpkin, um, sweet potato squash and they are doing all right as well. And I also planted a lot of climbing beans on the perimeter fence line, but you know, I knew going into that, that was going to be an iffy matter because of the deer. And yeah, that was just not a good idea because they keep nibbling, uh, on nibbling on the tops of the new growth. So we'll just see what grows. And I bought some more seeds at the dollar store because I was like there and I see had seeds and you know, it's not the best seeds in brand or whatever, but I just grabbed them and we're going to try some long beans, uh, in side the garden in the actual bed and I put some tomato trellises up um, for them to climb on. So we'll try that out. Um, I did get by some dragon tongue beans. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. They're sown and they're just like a bush bean. So they'll be good. Um, I'll be excited for them to, to produce because we do like those and um, we'll probably eat them fresh, but sometimes they get, you know, a good harvest and you need to, to blanch them and freeze them. So it'd be nice to have a few few packs of, of beans frozen that we can eat uh, over the winter or later on this year. And the basil seeds that I sowed, most of them are coming up. They're starting to do better. Um, and I'm kind of holding off on doing more herbs and perennial type things until um, it cools off just a little bit. It seems like everything's having a little bit of a struggle that midday sun and midday heat is is pretty brutal. Um, even I mean, the humidity here makes things a lot worse. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, we were in DFW uh, 
over well the fourth of July, but also in the early of June and the drastic difference in the humidity there, which is I mean, it can get humid there, but it's not nearly compared to what it is down here in the greater Houston area. So, you know, that dry heat, it kind of feels a little more pleasant than soaking wet, humid heat, <laughs> even if it's, you know, five to 10 degrees hotter up there. So it's kind of interesting to have that, that difference. Um, so that's kind of what's going on out there in the vegetable garden. Everything's just kind of in a standstill, hoping for it to get a little bit cooler, you know, even if it was 90, 85, that kind of thing, um, that would be better. Uh, flowers would be produced and we might have some more happiness going on. So just holding out, holding out there. Um, okay. Switching back to the flower beds. I have done a lot of weeding. I seems to be I don't know, for some reason I felt like it was easier to weed those beds than it was to weed the, the vegetable beds, and I don't know why, but um, I've been able to weed those beds pretty well. I have one more bed that I really need to tackle. Um, I just kind of lost some momentum in the last week. I've also been dealing with a toddler who decided he wants to start stalling bedtime, so... I don't get that evening hours I was getting. Um, so I mostly have to garden on weekends or, you know, my lunch hour. And sometimes it's that lunch hour. I don't, I don't, I can't really dig in and go, go to town too much. So um, I kind of had to plan my time for that. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, the flower gardens are looking really great. Um, something I keep meaning to do is there is a little hawk moth that has been buzzing me. And at first I thought it was a hummingbird because... We do get hummingbirds, uh, the ruby-throateds. They they kind of hang out yearish round. They kind of disappear midwinter, but we'll get some that will mingle around. But then we get the big, uh, the migrations. Uh, our bigger migration is the fall versus spring. But, you know, some of them are starting to fly back this way already. And I thought that was what was buzzing me. But I stopped... Uh, kind of watch for a minute as it buzzed by and it was a hawk moth and it was visiting the um oh my gosh I've totally forgot the name of it but it's a salvia and it's one of my favorite salvias because it, it is blooming really well well and when I remember it I will tell you or I'll put it in the show notes so I'm sorry about that little brain freeze there but it is I've been meaning to get this little hawk moth on video or take my camera out and try to get photos but again I've not really had the motivation to do that in the evenings lately so hopefully my friend will hang about still and I can uh, get that on on camera for y'all some things I've been noticing uh, around that plants that have been kind of that I kind of like that seem to be self-propagating pretty well are is a plant called chocolate plant and it's the pseudoanthemum alata. Um, it's not actually chocolate, the cacao, um, but it's just called chocolate because of the way the leaves are. Um, kind of gets a dark purple and dark green um, leaves. Um, but we bought it, goodness, not long after we got the beds built and put in. But it will definitely has self seeded really well, which. You wouldn't think based on the flower, um, but has has propagated itself good. So it's kind of taking, not taking over, but it just pops up everywhere. And I just, 
I leave it. Sometimes I pull it, especially if it's in the pathway. But um, I may pot a few up and, and pot off to my brother. Um, it's what I, my brief research into it. It is related to shrimp plants, Persian shield, and the Ruralia, um, kind of like shady uh, areas, and to zone eight. So maybe if you're further north than that, you may need to protect it or it might be a container plant for you. So the other plant I have liked as well is the Rugelia caroliniana. Um, and is a native Rugelia. Um, some of you guys probably are familiar with the Mexican petunia, the Rugelia. I think it's Mexicana maybe. Oh no, it's Britannia, Britannia I think. Sorry, I'm just spouting things off, but I think it's Britannia. Um, and it's considered invasive and it's it's very prolific so and I've grown it before before I knew what it was <laughs> I don't grow it now but I do like this Ruella Caroliniana because it is a nice little native um it's creeping so it's a nice ground cover and likes shade as well but it still has that cute purple flower and a fuzzy leaf um, and I've noticed it popping up too in certain areas where, you know, the original plant plant is found, but it has, uh, grown out pretty well and covered a nice little, little area. Um, and it kind of drapes over the edge of the rocks where the, the garden is that delineates the garden. Um, and I really, I, I really like that plant. And I think I've mentioned the pineapple sage. It's like my love hate. It's taking over the garden but I kind of like that it does that so but I'm still trying to I will go through and thin out the under uh under branches because it, it roots really really easily so if it if one of the under branches just touches the ground it'll shoot roots out and then before you know it you've got it like creeping five feet over to some other plant that you don't want it covering <laughs> so trying to constantly be vigilant onto that um, and that's salvia elegans, the pineapple sage. Um, early July, we had the Formosa lilies blooming, which I love the Formosa lilies. Um, they are a really fun plant. But the seeds, they do self-seed really well. So I am thinking about when I when the seeds are ready, I will probably have enough of them and blackberry leads, uh, blackberry lily seeds. Um, I may be doing a giveaway um, at the end of the season or maybe early next season, um, whatever, whenever they, they're ready for harvest. I thought it might be kind of fun, uh, to put some packets together to, to send out to some of you guys that might be interested. Um, I also did try to start some more seeds because I've been weeding, kind of opened up and showed me some areas, some gaps that, that need to be kind of filled so I've got my seeds out that I've been holding on that I really should have started back in the spring. Um, putting those out and um, trying to just see what might sprout. I'm just sowing it directly in the flower beds instead of in containers for now. I may need to start, may need to overwinter and do some things uh, sometime this fall. And speaking of starting seeds... I need to get my milkweed out of the fridge and uh, try to start those too as well. And let's see, let's switch over to the potting bench. On the potting bench, my husband, he harvested a bunch of our um, Louisiana iris seeds that were out in the kind of wet 
ditch area. And he has started flats of those that I think it's going to take a couple months for them to germinate based on what uh, he's read online and what he said for starting those. Um, I've also started fall tomato seeds. The tomatoes out in the vegetable garden are actually surprisingly holding on pretty well. They don't look too scraggly. And it's probably because they weren't very productive this year, so they didn't really have all that energy, you know, wasted into putting on fruit and, you know, they, they've done pretty good. So, but I need to, I'd like to fill out and have more plants for the fall. So we're going to try fall tomato, um, which would be probably late October, November when we would start getting fruits. Um, we'll just have to see. And I've started a whole bunch of different types, and I can list those out on the show notes. Um, a couple plants that we recently purchased. I got a chalice vine, uh, Salandra Maxima, from, for my birthday. My husband found it on clearance, a, a $2 pot. Um, and it was kind of ironic because, like, two weeks before that, um, we'd been, I happened to be talking about it, and I think I was looking at old photos of plants that we grew in Florida and I was waxing poetic about, oh, I really miss that plant. I wish I could grow it here. And, you know, kind of asking, hey, what do you think? Do you think we could try it? And he's like, no, it's going to die. Well, even though he thought it was going to die, he found that pot and he got it for me. So we're going to try it on the side of the house that is blocked by the side of the garden that's blocked by the house. Um, so that, that that would be our warmer, warmest spot in the winter. And, you know, we'll probably still have to throw a sheet over it on the nights that it's going to get really cold. But it's something I can hopefully overwinter. We'll see. Um, we will switch now over to wildlife in the yard, in the garden. So big thing in the last week um, was a coral snake. Uh, my husband found it. Uh, in our vegetable garden and that would be our fourth I'm sorry third coral snake in our yard we've seen roadkill ones in the neighborhood our neighbor killed one to our like chagrin um but yes our third coral snake that we've seen alive since we lived here for the last four years um no we did not kill it um because it's been so dry my husband figured that it had come up into the vegetable garden the sprinklers are gone off that morning he figured it was looking for water so we just let it go and um you know maybe we'll see it again maybe we won't um you know snakes snakes serve a purpose and if they're not harming you in any way and you're being vigilant about protecting yourself um you know there's no reason to kill them um, the other big thing in our yard right now are beavers. We live on a pond and there's beavers. We've seen otters. Uh, we actually, my husband saw Nutria recently as well. Um, but the beavers have come back and they're trying to eat our, eat our trees. So we had, um, my husband had bought some alligator flag. It's Thalia geniculata, um, plant we like that's native to Florida, um, not to Texas, but he got some and we planted it and it was doing really well, really, really well and thriving. And, uh, the beavers came in, chowed it, and they have since moved on to chowing back on the sweet gums 
And um, so he's trying to be vigilant about taking care of some trees down there that we we thought they would be fine, but apparently not. So um, I do have a problem of something is rooting around in the flower garden. I'm not sure what originally I thought maybe moles. We've had them. We've had that problem. We've had armadillo problems, um, feral cats, you know, who knows, but I'm leaning towards armadillos, but the, this afternoon I was, I was weeding at lunch and we have a little narrow space, maybe a foot between the house and where, um, the bricks start for, for the garden. And they had dug pretty tightly there. And I don't think an armadillo could have fit there unless it was something small, you know, maybe a possum. I'm not really sure. So can't find the culprit, but I do see little mounds of dirt being pushed around in the, in the garden right now that I'm having to smooth back down, you know, and fix plants that get locked, knocked, knocked lopsided. Um, monarchs are probably the other big wildlife in the yard right now. Um, they are definitely laying eggs. Caterpillars are, uh, chomping up the milkweed. Um, I was recently rehomed some monarchs from a friend and I'll put that post to my personal blog in the show notes as well. Um, so monarchs are being very prolific. I'm very happy about that. I'm just hoping that they are, I'm yet to like, I look for the chrysalis, but I'm not finding them. So I'm hoping the monarchs aren't, aren't getting eaten by birds or wasp or, you know, who knows what else. Um, kind of, kind of nervous about that, but I'm excited. I also saw a gulf fritillary the other day, um, and I don't see them too often in my yard, even though we do have passion vine around, which is their host. So I'm hoping maybe, maybe I get some caterpillars. I really like, I really like the gulf fritillary caterpillars are pretty fun. Um, I guess that's kind of it. The big high points in the garden for now um, other than it being dry and trying to, you know, start watering trees, even, ugh, I hate doing this, but water some parts of our grass. We don't really, we're not crazy people about our grass, so, um, but definitely get some brown patches sometimes and you're just like, ugh, give it a little bit of water. I know the trees around it are, would take it up too, so, um, we're trying to just keep everything on life support till till cooler weather. Uh, finally, I'm going to wrap up with a couple little things from around the internet. Um, I was digging pretty deep in iTunes for garden podcasts one day, and I found one called the Satayama Homestead. And they are, if you've ever listened to the Chicken Thistle Coop cast, I'd say they're kind of similar in that vein. Um, it's a husband and wife, and they have a homestead. I believe a CSA and um so this is kind of talking about around the farm and then they kind of wrap up with like farm news from their local um newspaper in Pennsylvania it's kind of a fun little podcast um really really liked them and a two books well first is a book I am reading I got it on Bookmooch. I don't know if you've heard of Bookmooch. It's kind of like Paperback Trader, I believe, which I've never used. But um, Bookmooch is f- pretty easy. You just list books that you would like people to 
take off your hands and you get points for listing listing books and um so you build up points and then you can basically buy books from other people um from your point credits and so i had some credits and i was trolling you know um through there to see what's what's around and um, found a garden book called Paths of Desire by Dominique Browning. And she is a magazine editor or was a magazine editor. Um, I know of Texas Monthly and then at least, at least some other gardening magazines. And anyway, she's written a couple memoirs. And one of them was this one called Paths of Desire. And it was a gardening memoir. And I, I'm probably about a quarter way through it. Um, so far it's pretty good, but I'm kind of having it's a little bit... I don't know, goes off on tangents sometimes. <laughs> and she uses some strange phrases that, I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing. She's probably a generation, maybe two older than me. Um, so, I don't know, kind of weird. It could also be just a regional thing as well. Um, you know, a a Yankee thing <laughs> versus a Southern thing. I don't, I don't know here. Um, but I'm trying to read through that. I kind of like it. Um, the next one is called Onward and Upward in the Garden. It's by Catherine White, who's E.B. White's, who was E.B. White's wife. Um, she was a garden writer. And I've I've read about her and heard about her enough uh, through other gardening books that I've read. And uh, I had some, I had a birthday credit from Amazon. And so I popped that in my cart. And I am looking forward to reading that. Uh it's kind of a compilation of some of her her articles um, that she wrote over the years, and you know, kind of memoirish. And I'm kind of looking forward to those. But um, you know, my reading will probably uptick a little bit more as as the daylight in the evening lessons, which I've definitely noticed that um, we're losing that 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 evening daylight here. Um, it's slowly creeping toward from 8:45 I could work till but to maybe 8:30 now and it's it's kind of disappointing to me. So as much as I'm looking forward to cooler weather, I'm definitely sad to eventually lose that that evening light, but I know I will spend it on reading and blogging and podcasting <laughs> uh, as well as doing other creative things that I like to do. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I am hoping to do at least two more gardens, summer garden journals. Uh, my brother should be visiting this weekend. I hope I can corral him into podcasting. And I also still want to do another micro podcast for the summer. So that would be four more podcasts in the next month to six weeks. And then I plan on taking at least one to two months off Um and that way I can start getting some more interviews and kind of planning on what I want to do for season two. Um, I was listening to a creative podcast the other day called Maker's Gonna Make. And it used to be, it's Dave Conry, and he had the Creative Rag podcast. And anyway, so his new podcast, he's just talking about where he wants to take it. And he... he touched on several different things about the interview aspect and talking to people they don't he didn't necessarily know but you know was interested in interviewing but still feeling like he 
was missing something because there wasn't necessarily that connection of knowing something, a person, the friendship. So, and that's something that has kind of been on my mind too, is like reaching out to gardeners and interviewing them. I don't know if I necessarily want to just talk to random people (laughs) that I don't have any connection with. So definitely want to be keeping that in mind for season two. Um, But if someone out there if you have someone you really, really would love to hear and have a way of making that connection for me, I definitely want to hear from you. Um, you can email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at gpathpodcast. I haven't been on there as much lately, but but I will see it. Um, or just leave a note uh, in the comments of the show notes for this episode at thegardenpathpodcast.com. So... I hope you guys have a great rest of July. There's only a few more days left and hopefully I'll see you guys, talk to you guys in August.